Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Market Life. Today's theme is creating relevant loyalty programs. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes, and joined by Mark Ross-Smith, CEO of Status Match, with 20 years experience leading loyalty programs in telecoms and travel, and previously Malaysian Airlines. Editor of industry news site, Travel Dated Daily, the tech entrepreneur has won the World Aviation Festival 2022 Travel Startup Contest and 30 Under 40 Award in loyalty. We'll be discussing what's wrong with loyalty programs, data customers and optimizing revenue through loyalty, and the technology to benefit loyalty programs in your business. Travel Market Life. Hi, Mark. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, so I've come across you recently. Um, you have been very vocal uh, in the loyalty space, particularly around airline retail. And I was particularly in- interested by one of your recent LinkedIn posts uh, where you shared your c- recent experience with an airline loyalty program. I'd love to if you could just summarize um, that particular frustration that you've had and uh, explain why there's so much problem with the current loyalty programs in the industry. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here. Uh, you're right. I'm a bit of a cheerleader for the loyalty industry. You know, it needs a couple of people to stand up and sort of beat the chest, beat the drum of how great loyalty is. And I, I try to, you know, put a bit of a spark in that loyalty corner of the world. Uh, however, to your point, yes, recently I had a very interesting experience where I booked this flight with a pretty well-known airline in Asia. Uh, I was booking a flight for my, my family. And um, on the, you know, through the booking process on the on the airline's website, um, you know how they try and sell you, you know, do you want extra bags? You want to select your seat, pay a fee, this kind of thing. Now, I'm a gold member with this airline, which is the mid-tier sort of status with this airline. And uh, they were trying to, on one of the upsell ancillary pages, they were trying to sell me uh, business class lounge access for my five-year-old daughter. And I thought, hang on, that's a bit weird because I'm a gold member and I get lounge access included in my ticket no matter what class i'm traveling and uh and and kids under uh, 12 don't count as guests so they would come in for free as long as i could access uh, the lounge anyway and i thought this is kind of weird they're trying to sell me something that i get for free and that, that got me i kind of stepped back a bit i thought why are they doing this because you know, people that have status with an airline or hotel, this applies to both, you know, like a silver, gold, platinum, diamond, these kind of guys. Um, these these members to an airline represent between 30 and 50% of revenue to airlines, right? And they're, they're the top 5% of your loyalty members. And these people spend more. They spend more frequently. They spend on high margin, you know, fares. They're more likely to book the business class seat or buy the suite at the hotel, why are you trying to sell me something I get for free? Like I'm actually more likely to to spend more money and buy something that is relevant to me on my trip. You know, why not sell me the concierge service or a private uh, car to board the, the the aircraft or triple miles or something on the flight? And uh, it just sort of it just sort of struck me how uh, in this circumstance I felt you know the airline had totally missed a brilliant revenue opportunity. And then you you know you times this by millions of global travelers every year that have gold platinum type status, 
you know, I've, I think this might be the next, you know, the next sort of $100 billion ancillary revenue opportunity out there that is yet to be tapped. It is fascinating when you look at sort of like different tiers in loyalty uh, and what you can get as a member. And obviously, there's so many people wanting to move up those tiers, want to get those additional points, want to spend that extra money with the airline to be recognized or with the hospitality company to be recognized in a certain way. Um, but it does seem to be very much a templated approach that's taken to all the members. There's no personalization. There's no recognition as to perhaps where that person's going, what they're doing. Um why do you think we've reached this point? Is it just pure laziness? Is it lack of technology? Is it the fact that we just um, don't have the insight on the customers? I mean, what do you think went wrong in your particular case when you were making that booking for yourselves and your daughter? In my particular case, it's probably just the airlines not thinking about it. You know, if we take a step back and think how these decisions are made in, in airlines and hotels. I mean, this is this extensive cruise line, car rental, the whole sort of travel ecosystem most people that work in these companies, super smart people, but they're just not customers of their own product, right? So what this means is when it comes to making decisions, they have to send out surveys, focus groups, more research. You know, th this is kind of how they learn or they learn from the vendors that are trying to sell them stuff, yeah? And um, when you're making decisions, you know, what, what should people see through a booking flow? They're thinking from typically, not always, but typically through their, their personal experience lens, right and let's face it most people in airline have never personally themselves ever had gold status uh, earned on merit you know you typically don't see airline employees willingly shelling out 20 grand for first class flights across the world you know they're happy to pay 200 bucks in business class to you know on standby id90 tickets right <laughs> yeah. and so when it comes to creating products um you know, super smart people, they're just coming from a different perspective. They have, they're not coming from the perspective of understanding what their, their, their core customer really wants. And their core customer is not them. It's not the CEO. It's not the CEO's wife. It, the, the core customer is probably someone else. It's, you know, a typical sort of leisure airline. I mean, a, a business-focused airline, it's, a, you know, probably someone male, mid-40s, business travel, travels frequently. It's probably someone like that. So how do you create an experience for them? How do you create new products and new upsell opportunities, things that, things that they'll buy, right? And they're sure as hell not going to buy lounge access for their five-year-old because they're expecting that for free, which they probably do get anyway. No, I mean, with Status Match, it is all about identifying who the person is and making sure that they've got the relevant product being presented to them. Am I right in that? And um, so there must be quite a bit of data that you need to better understand your customers. Um, how closely should companies be following their customers and collecting data to drive new opportunities? So what, what, what do you think are sort of like uh, the, the, the data metrics that really um, are, are key to, to optimize those revenue programs, those loyalty programs? You know, I'll share a bit of the story here. Um, in the airline world, you know, when I first started hearing these data, data monetization, collection, personalization, when I start, really started hearing this at events, it was probably about eight, eight years ago or so, eight, nine, ten years ago. And I'm, I'm fairly sure it was suppliers trying to just sell their latest data sites tool or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, in that time, I, I really don't think much has changed in terms of, you know, if you think about your experience with air travel or hotels, you know, what, what really has changed from a technology or personalization perspective, it kind of feels about the same still. Um, you know, I still get emails from uh, a very big Australian-based airline where I, 
I have a lifetime status with them. Um, the emails they send me are selling me products based in Australia. I, I haven't lived in Australia for nearly 10 years. And yet they still send me these kind of things. Like this is this is kind of personalization what I want. They should be able to see that when I'm opening the emails, you know, just get you get when they're opening emails, you know, they can get your IP address, right? They can reverse that. They can tell what country you're in, right? And they could see, well, Mark, he's clearly not Australia. He's opening emails when he's in Singapore, London, Malaysia, USA, um, very rarely Australia. And so why are we start why are we continuing to send him stuff based on if thinking he lives in Australia? So I think sometimes it's about going back to basics, right? Um, and you know, I, I think there's a pretty big up upside on just getting that right because that affects every member in the database. But you know, in terms of you know collecting data to drive revenue um, in in the airline world, we talk about the what's called the golden loyalty metrics, and so these are the ones that sort of stand head and shoulders above every other metric in terms of what you want to track, right? And the number one's called is the share of wallet, which loosely means you know how much is how much are you flying um, this airline versus other airlines? Like what what percentage share of, of spend are they getting, right? So you might be doing, I'm making up, say, two flights a year. You're, do, you're doing two sectors. You're going to visit grandma and you're coming back and that's 100% of your flight activity, right? So you're actually very loyal. And yet your cousin John, who might be doing his big, bit hardcore business travel, he's doing 200 sectors a year, right? But he's got 100 sectors with one airline, 100 sectors with another. And he's actually less loyal because he's he's fifty percent share of wallet, right? So he spends more. The you know the airline looks and goes, this guy's worth tons of cash. He's got platinum status. He's a great customer. Actually, could get a lot more out of him, right? So when you know uh, what percentage of spend you're getting from people, you know how to target your marketing. You know where there's sort of room to grow and how to to be able to capture more business out of people. So you know airlines that keep tabs on. Supplies to hotels as well that keep tabs on some of their top customers. Uh, you know, it's actually really cheap to be honest to, to keep tabs on top customers. You know, it, you know, thousand bucks kind of thing, and you can keep tabs on them. And you know, when these people are spending fifty, eighty, hundred, two hundred thousand a year, you know, it's pretty cheap um, to sort of track what they're doing, where they're going, and and use that as an opportunity to, um, you know be more personalized in your offers because you know where they are and how much business you're missing out on. I mean, is that sort of like the typical CRM or is are there sort of more advanced, sophisticated, like loyalty management programs that travel businesses really should be looking at to track this data and keep tabs on their, on their top tier customers? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, obviously we, our business runs a bunch of technology that empowers travel loyalty programs. Um, and, you know, how we've come to creating this stuff is because everyone in our management team has run an airline loyalty program in their career on three different continents. And, you know, in that time you see what works, what doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. So I think is a bit of both. There's a bit of this, is it's technology play. Um, you know, smart people, smart companies that create stuff that's really cool that can plug into other system. Then there's a bit of, you know, um, you know data aggregators and these kind of guys out there. Um, you know, some of the big ones like, you know, Axiom, these kind of guys, um, marketing like Adara. Um, you can sort of tap into this. It's the whole one plus one equals three scenario, right? You get your, your core LN data, you get some other third-party data, add those together and magic is, you know, three equals three or four, right? Um, but, you know, 
at the heart of all this is is you know we're in the travel business right and travel and um the, the emotion or the joy of travel sort of go together right you know ultimately people don't really care because travelers as you say don't really care about what technology you have they just want to see how it impacts them and if that means they're going to get a slightly more, more personalized email they're not going to notice it they shouldn't notice it right they should just think oh this is kind of cool i like mm. beaches and i'm getting more e- emails now about beaches <laughs> it should be as simple as that it shouldn't be you know you figure out exactly how much they're willing to pay and they get an email saying go to you know you can go to fiji for this much and that amount there just happens to be exactly what they spend on all of it you know there's a there's a borderline there where it's interesting personalization you like to click on it versus creepy right where you, you you're sort of showing your hand that you know a little bit too much about the customer people you know will shy away from that uh and so i think ultimately at the end of the day if you can have that balance between knowing them showing that you know them just enough but not too much uh, in a way that has an emotional message wrapped around that i think that that ultimately performs the best because you think about what people really want when they travel they they want that feeling they want that emotional experience they want to you know they want to see the great pyramids they want to climb the mountains they want to sail in the mediterranean they want to see the great barrier reef they want to they want to see the amazing wonders this world has to offer and our job as you know travel marketers and being in, in this industry is to help facilitate that and to invoke those emotions that are all within everyone i i believe travel is in everyone's dna and you know it's about how do you just sort of bring that out in people in a way where they see it and they go that damn good deal to click i want to book it i mean it's obviously yes our job is just to inspire and to take them through that that sales funnel in a way that as you say that really taps into their particular needs their interests what they're looking for um and i mean this this sort of role of loyalty you mentioned ancillary products at the very beginning and the opportunity to earn additional revenue there and really drive the profit margins for travel businesses um what about that relationship then between revenue management and loyalty uh because um that's not traditionally necessarily been um a collaborative um team effort uh, within a lot of travel businesses why is that so important and you know what how would you advise that they could work together uh, and, and or what ways have you seen it work together most effectively so there's a secret handshake that you need between revenue <laughs> management and loyalty. And once you know that, um, no, seriously, um, I, I think it's about internal education, right? So most traditionally people that work in the loyalty program or travel business have a marketing background, uh, all their marketers. And traditionally people that work in revenue management, uh, you know, like, like the numbers, like structure, right? And these... It, it, typically two different types of personalities, which means they are less likely to hang out together. Uh, and so I think there's a, there's a bit of education where loyalty needs to take the time to go around to revenue management, and to be fair, at the whole company, and educate them on the value that loyalty brings to the organization. Um, and then also talk about the numbers, speak their language as well, not just speak the, you know, the, the coloring in departments, marketing language, speak the numbers, speak the hard numbers, you know, when we do this, customers do this, they spend this, and this is what, you know, a goal member is worth to the airline when they have these three different products, right? Revenue management then sees that and goes, ah, you're speaking my language now. 
I can understand this. So you mean if we give away this seat or we give this room away for this rate, um, we can kind of look at a holistic perspective and go, as a company, we can, in theory, lose money on the left, with the left hand to make twice as much with the right. And overall, that's a good thing for the business, right? The customer then also feels like they're getting a great deal. They can engage with the program more. They're going to start buying more cash fares or buy, you know, more room nights. Um, so, you know, instead of each, which is pretty typical in a big organization like this, every department, you know, they've got their own KPIs, very siloed off from everyone else. Um, you know, I think once that education is the way to break down those barriers. And so once everyone's on the same page in terms of everyone understands what everyone else is trying to do, um, you know, sometimes you can sacrifice some KPIs over here to double, triple something on, on the other side. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. Um, thank you very much for those insights there. I think it's, you know, really incredibly interesting when you look at all those different dynamics and, you know, you come from it from a personal perspective. And I think it's really, as you say, uh, it's essential that uh, the industry puts themselves in the shoes of those customers to really understand the value that they're offering within their loyalty programs. So thanks ever so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Ryan. It's been a lot of fun having a chat with you. So that was Mark Ross Smith, the CEO at Status Match. You can find out more about his thoughts and his activities across um, the loyalty program space as at traveldatadaily.com, where there is a lot of different articles for you to really better understand how you can apply some of this thinking that Mark shared on his uh, on our discussion today. You've been listening to Travel Market Life. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode and look out for all the others on the regular podcast channels. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.